Welcome to the Lighthouse Community Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We hope today's teaching will encourage you in your faith and help you develop an increasing desire to walk with God. Let's listen in. All right. Well, hey, good morning. Happy Resurrection Day to you. Uh, my name is Fritz Bilo. I'm one of the pastors here at Lighthouse Community. And I do want to welcome everybody who's here, especially all of our guests. Um, I want to welcome those joining Lighthouse Online, Bluffton Community, our Fostoria launch team. Uh, it is a great, great morning so far. By the way, he is risen. He's risen. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is, I'll tell you what, Easter's amazing. We celebrate this every year, but I'll tell you what, at Lighthouse, we actually celebrate it every day, right? Like that's what empowers our daily living. And today is Easter, April 17th, 2022. And I have one question for everybody here today. Have you filed your taxes yet? Right? Right? Some of you guys are clenching right now. You're going, oh, that's that. We still have to do that. I thought COVID wiped that out. You know, it's like no. Tomorrow, hey, listen. Tomorrow's the deadline, so there's still time, right? You can do it. Some of you guys are going, this is the worst start to a sermon ever. What's happening here? But uh, yeah, deadlines. You know, there's something so ominous about a deadline. I don't know if it's because it has the word "dead" in it or what, but it's kind of like it, it's this threat, right? If you cross this line. Then, then something's going to happen. And, and we all face deadlines, right? It's like tax filing deadlines. You've got students who have uh, research papers that are going to be due within, you know, maybe now or the next couple of weeks. Um, we all have these monthly deadlines called bills uh, that we have to put in there. Projects at work come with deadlines. Every single one of us, we, we face deadlines in our life. And so a lot of times what we're trying to do is we're trying to figure out how, how do I, like, avoid the deadline, or at least how do I get an extension, right? Like the classic line when you were in school and you didn't come prepared with your homework, it's like, well, I don't have my homework because of the dog, oh, yeah, we dog ate it, that's right, yep, Um, or, you know, can I get an extension? Sometimes you can get an extension, um, but sometimes you can't, no matter how much you beg, no matter how much you plead, no matter how much you ask, you can't get a deadline, Uh, you can't get an extension on a deadline. One of those deadlines that you just cannot get an extension on it's, it's the one every single one of us face, right? It's the deadline of the end of our lives. Uh, you cannot get an extension on that one. And uh, right now, some of you guys are going, what, what is he doing in this sermon? Like, this guy started out on taxes. He's now crossing into death. Like, this is, next thing you know, this guy's going to talk about religion. Like, what is, what is going on here? This is, I think I'm leaving. When is intermission? Uh, but... You know, I mean, death, it's, it's the deadline for all of us, right? And, and you, like, you don't know when that deadline is. And so what typically happens for many, many people is they approach their personal deadline in one of three ways. Uh, they will live in fear of it, they will try to fight against it, or they'll work to forget it. Okay, so some people are are so consumed with their own mortality um, that they just can't get away from it. Every decision is based on this idea. And so uh, they're just living in fear. Other people are trying really, really hard to fight 
their own personal deadline. So they made the decision, I'm going to spend 29 hours a day in high-intensity impact workouts. I'm nothing but celery juice. Uh, you know, I'm going to do positive thinking, and, and that's how I'm going to beat this thing. And then you have other people who are just going, listen, I know I can't, uh, I can't live in fear of it. I can't uh, fight against it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to work really hard to forget it. And I'm going to fill my life with so much stuff so many activities, and we'll just go from this thing to that thing to this thing, that my life gets full and busy, and I get distracted enough that I never even have to think about it. And I wonder, where do you live in that realm? Do you, do you live in fear of your deadline? Do you, do you try really hard to fight against it? Are you working hard to forget it? Like, how do you approach that? And I have a question. What if there's a better way? What if there's a different way to approach the deadline that every single one of us face? What if there's a better way? We're going to talk about that this morning. So as Shay mentioned, if you open up your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 25, that's in the Old Testament, kind of in the middle of the Old Testament after Psalms. Or you can click over there on your device, but that's where we're going to be at today. We are kicking off this brand new series called God of the Promise. And what we're going to do is over the next six weeks, we're going to look at the character of God as he uh, reveals himself in the book of Isaiah. And so we want to help everybody discover some of his promises, some of the things that he says are true about who he is, what he's going to do, how he has already fulfilled some of those promises, and how some are still yet to be completed. And, and really, our big goal here, our big win, is to help you know God more and more. So I'm going to read uh, Isaiah chapter 25, verses 6 through 9 from the English Standard Version, and uh, you can follow along in your version or on the screen. Uh, this is what it says, starting in verse 6. On this mountain, the Lord of hosts will make for all peoples a feast of rich food, a feast of well-aged wine, of rich food, full of marrow, of aged wine, well-refined, and he will swallow up on this mountain the covering that is cast over all peoples, the veil that is spread over all nations. He will swallow up death forever." And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces, and the reproach of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. It will be said on that day, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation." Now, if this is one of your first times here at Lighthouse Community or you're joining us, one of the things that we love to do is we love, people, uh, love to help people understand the Bible, what it says and what it means. Uh, because when you understand the Bible, you begin to know who God is. So what I want to do just real briefly is I want to share two truths that come out of this passage that are going to help you know a little bit more about who God is. Now, with this passage specifically, all of this might not make a lot of sense because what we've done is we've shown up in the middle of the movie, right? Um, so like the introduction, in introducing all the characters, setting the plot, all of that has already happened. So let me fill in a little bit of context. The, the key thing on this is, is here. Ju the nation of Judah is facing a looming deadline. That's what's going on here. The nation of Judah is facing a looming, a looming deadline. Now, the Jews as an entire nation, had um, faced a civil war where they were fighting against one another. And the result of that was this nation actually split up into two kingdoms. So you had a northern kingdom, which retained the name Israel, and then you had a southern kingdom, which took on the name Judah. So one 
group of people split into two, Israel and Judah. Now, the northern kingdom of Israel had just been decimated by another warring country called Assyria. So they come in, they wiped out the northern kingdom of Israel, and now Assyria was coming for Judah, right? So they've got this looming deadline hanging over the top of them. So the nation of Judah is doing what they can to cope with this, right? They're living in fear. They're figuring out how to fight this thing. How do I forget and overcome this? All of that. So what they tried to do is they tried to develop um, an alliance with some other nations so that they could fight against Assyria. Um, that wasn't seeming to go so well, so they said, well, you know what? We'll try to appease the nation of Assyria, and we'll like, become friends with them, and then they'll leave us alone, and everything will be fine. And that wasn't really working either. So uh, what many people did is they just tried to live as if nothing was happening, right? Just live your daily life, and, and we're all going to be okay. Um, but that didn't stop the deadline that was coming. That's about when the Isaiah, uh, Isaiah the prophet showed up. Now, maybe you're not familiar with, uh, with prophets, so let me give you, in short, what a prophet is. A prophet is someone that God has called to speak a message on his behalf. Okay, so that's what Isaiah is doing. He's coming to speak a message on God's behalf. By the way, if you get a chance, uh, maybe today or this week, go back and read Isaiah chapter six. You'll see Isaiah's call, like God calls Isaiah to this ministry of prophecy. Amazingly beautiful picture uh, of who God is in this in this call. But we don't we can't talk about it today. But Isaiah chapter six, check that out when you get a chance. But part of Isaiah's message as a prophet was this: Hey, Judah, Assyria is coming to you as a form of punishment for your sin, okay? You, you have completely walked away from God. You have disowned him. You're doing your own thing. And so Assyria coming is actually a form of punishment for your own sin, right? And then he says this, but, but, there's also a victory coming too. Yes, there's punishment coming, but there's also a victory that's on its way. And Isaiah, just in a couple of verses, paints this beautiful picture of this victory banquet that they're going to sit at one day. It's like, you, you have the best meats, right? It's like, you've got the, the steaks and the, and the smoked chicken and the, and the all, right? There's no, no pork. These are juice. Um, but, you know, you like all, all of the best meat, uh, wine, and it doesn't even come in a box, right? It's like the best that you can even, like all the nations are going to be represented there to celebrate this amazing victory. It's going to be incredible, right? He paints this amazing picture. And what Isaiah is doing for Judah is he's calling the nation not to, not to fear, not to fight, and not even to forget, but rather he's calling the nation of Judah to focus. See, the primary message that Isaiah was saying to the nation of Judah was this, God will be your hero. That's what he wanted them to see. God is going to be your hero. And so he describes God, right? He says, listen, God is like this caring father who's going to come and wipe away every tear. 
God is the one who's going to come. He's actually going to remove all of the insults that have been piled upon you, all of the shame that you've had to bear from other people. God's going to remove all of that. And the most remarkable thing God's going to do is God himself is going to remove the ultimate deadline. God is going to vanquish death, right? In fact, Isaiah says God, will, God himself will swallow up death. And so Isaiah was inviting Judah not to focus on their deadline, not to focus on their suffering, not to focus on their sorrow, but rather to focus on the Lord, to focus on his plan for his victory and his future. And so Isaiah is saying, listen, listen, Judah, look, look, look ahead. Look ahead to where you, not just where you are right now, but look ahead past your current situation to the future that God has for you. Because there's victory out there. Now, there's a truth that's kind of weaved in this, that it's not blatant, but it's, I think we have to pull it out. It might actually surprise you. And it's this, right? Judas, or excuse me, Isaiah's calling Judah to focus on the Lord. Right? God's going to be your hero. Put your focus there. Don't put your focus on the situation. But you don't see this promise. God never promised that, hey, Judah, if you get your focus right, then, then you'll, you'll get to avoid Assyria, and you won't have to deal with any of the consequences of your sin. You don't see that promise is not in here. Basically, what Isaiah is saying, listen, the consequences are coming. And you can't get away from that, Judah. But, but if you will put your hope in God alone, you will experience victory on the other side of that. In fact, the victory will come out of the destruction. The victory will come out of the destruction. Now, that's a challenging truth for Judah. That's a challenging truth for anybody, all right? But that's present here, and it's worth talking about. Um, have you ever had this happen to you? You, like, you have this friend come to you, and they share this problem. It's this very significant situation, and you can tell they're just they're hurting. And so you're like, well, I need to say something, right? You don't really have anything very meaningful to say, but I need to say something. So you start sharing things, and like words kind of start coming out of your mouth. Um, and even as you're saying it, you're like, oh, this, this is not helpful at all. <laughs> like, I wouldn't even listen to what I'm telling these people right now, but I can't tell them that because I'm sharing hope with them, right? Um, I don't know if you've ever been there. <laughs> Sounds like some of you have. But I don't know. Does anyone else feel like that's what Isaiah is doing here? Like, I, like just being honest, it feels a little bit like what Isaiah... Like, I was going, listen, yeah, there's this looming deadline, right? It's, it's, it's going to be bad. But don't fight. Don't fear. Don't forget. Instead, just, just focus. Just look ahead. Imagine what it's going to be like at the banquet feast. It, it feels a little Pollyanna, Right? Like, just, just to be transparent, I, I think we need more than positive thinking when we're going through very significant challenges in our own lives. Because the reality is this, many people here in this room, many joining us online, we have already faced very significant suffering in our lives. Right? Some of us are reminded every day with the physical pain that we have. Right? 
Maybe you're facing some uh, significant uh, disability, some illness, some injury that has you know, uh, taken away some of your capacity, right? And you're dealing with that. Many of us have been personally touched by things like divorce or abuse or, or a friend we loved deeply who betrayed us, right? Others here today, right, you're, we're wandering without purpose. We're still reeling from the bankruptcy that we had to go through. When, when our business failed and took a tank, right, or some other significant setback. And then it's like you come here and you read Isaiah chapter 25 and you see like, oh yeah, Isaiah points to the larger looming veil of gloom that hides over, every top, over top of everybody, right? The veil of death. So you're like all this weighing down. And the Bible calls us to put our trust in God. That's what the invitation is, right? But we struggle to trust other people right? Like we struggle with that. Here's just a low-level trust that will help you discern, because you're going, well, I don't know if I do trust people or if I don't. I'll just give you a low-level test that you can use to know if you have trust issues with other people. So when you pull up to the drive through and they hand you your bag of food before you drive off, do you check the bag? <laughs> That's how you know if you have trust issues or not, <laughs> Right? Like, we don't trust people to give us the right number of McNuggets, let alone to help us through the really, really tough stuff in our lives. You see, we struggle to trust God because we don't really know who he is. And, and for many of us, we have these wonky thoughts about who God is, right? And, and they're all over the map, right? It's everything from, well, I don't even know that God exists. And, and if he does exist, he's unknowable. Um, and, and I don't know, he's like, this, he's, just, he's like this energy that's in the world and everybody's got a different name for him and it's, and it's all okay. And, um, and plus, you know, like he's let some bad stuff into my life. And so I don't know that I would really want to know someone like that anyways, Right? So we've got like all of these wonky thoughts about who God is, and that's why we don't really trust him, is because we don't really know him. And you have to understand that trust is based on knowing the character and reliability of a person. Trust is based on knowing the character and the reliability of a person. Now, if you found someone else to be unreliable and they let you down, it doesn't devastate you, right? Because you were expecting it. You were waiting for that moment. You knew it was coming. It just surprised you that it didn't come sooner, right? Like that's the only thing you're really surprised with. But when the reliable friend lets you down, when the person you trusted and you expected them to come through, that pain runs deep. And when that, when that happens often enough, here's what begins to happen. It's happened in my life, and maybe it's happened for you too, and you can identify. When that kind of pain happens often enough, what we start doing is we start making rules. And those rules usually go something like this. I'm never going to trust anybody else ever again. I can only rely on me 
when things get tough. Right? These are rules that we create. I've created some based on that. Maybe you've created those or other ones like it. And, and there's a level where it's kind of like, yeah, relying on myself seems right. But there's a reason why Isaiah told Judah you, you, that God was going to be their hero. It's because we can't save ourselves. I know, I know you, you, trust me, you think very highly of yourself. You can't save yourself, right? I can't save myself. We don't have a sin. We don't even have the capacity to save ourselves. And so the only way to survive the deadline that every single one of us face is actually to trust God. And deep down, we want to trust God. We desire to trust God. We're actually created to trust God. But we're not sure that we can. And you have to know that the greatest barrier in your way to trusting God is actually you. You know that? You're actually your greatest barrier to putting your trust in the Lord. Now, there is one who does know God. In fact, he knows God so well because he is God, right? That's how he can know God so well. His name is Jesus Christ. And in fact, Jesus said this uh, to his disciples at one point in Matthew chapter 11, verse 27. Jesus said, no one truly knows the Son except the Father, and no one truly knows the Father except the Son and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. And so what Jesus is saying is the Son knows and understands the Father like nobody else because the Son is God and the Father is God, right? That's how he could know him so well. But because Jesus knows God, he was able to trust him. And you see this actually all throughout Jesus' life, all throughout Jesus' ministry, Jesus trusted God. Every step of the way, he relied on God. When the religious leaders tried to trap him in questions so that they could uh, arrest him and put him to death, Jesus trusted God. When the people tried to make Jesus king by force, Jesus trusted God. When you read throughout all of the New Testament, you see Jesus trusting God lots of different ways. Things like following the truth of Scripture, he trusted God. Spending time in prayer, Jesus trusted God. By following the guidance of the Holy Spirit, Jesus trusted God because Jesus knows God. He knows his character, and he knows his reliability. And Jesus had a looming deadline too. We know that deadline better as the cross. Right? Jesus, before he even came into our world, Jesus knew that his time was limited. Jesus knew that he was going to suffer the punishment of every sin from every person for all time. And he was going to take that on himself. And Jesus trusted God all the way to the deadline. Even all the way through his deadline. Right? I want you to think about this. The Son of God, the author of life, was going to die. He didn't fear it. He didn't forget about it. He definitely didn't try to fight against it. What did he do? Oh, well, he did what Isaiah called Judah to do. He 
put his hope and his focus in the Lord. He focused on God. Jesus looked ahead to the victory banquet that was still to come. Right? Jesus did the very thing that Isaiah had asked Judah to do. Jesus did what Israel couldn't. Jesus did what Judah couldn't. Jesus does what you and I fail and struggle to do. In fact, Jesus trusted God all the way through the punishment into the victory. That's what Jesus did. In fact, Isaiah chapter 25, verse 9, is about Jesus, right? When Isaiah prophesies about that future, it says this, It will be said on that day, Behold, this is our God. We've waited for him that he might save us. This is the Lord. We've waited for him. Let us be glad and rejoice in his salvation. What he's saying is there's coming a day, and you need to know this, that Jesus is our hero. He happens to wear a purple cape, right? But Jesus is our hero. Jesus is the only one who could save us. Jesus is our God. Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the risen one, the promised victory over the veil of death for Judah, for Israel, for all the nations. And we celebrate his resurrection because it is the sign of the victory. It's it's here. The victory is here. It's now. It's among us, right? It's for you. It's for me. It's for all of the people who will put their trust in Jesus Christ. You see, on Friday, when Jesus was hanging on the cross under the suffering of all of that punishment, it appeared in that moment that Jesus had been swallowed up by death. But then you get to Sunday morning, and you realize it wasn't Jesus who was swallowed up by death. It was death that was swallowed up by Jesus. And isn't that what Isaiah prophesied? 700-some years before it happened. And so now, because of Jesus, we get to rejoice because of what's been accomplished. In fact, let's do this. There's this wonderful passage out of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's read this out loud together with all kinds of resurrection joy this morning, starting with death is swallowed up. Are you ready? Go. Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your victory? Oh, death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin, and the power of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Yeah, like that's where our joy comes from. That's where our victory comes from. It's from Jesus Christ. And so now, because Jesus trusted God all the way through the punishment and into the victory, now you and I can trust God through every single situation that we face all the way to the victory. And it begs the question, well, how? How do I do that? Well, it actually is where we started. For every single person, it begins with knowing God. And so for the the first step for every single person is to actually put your faith in Jesus as your forgiven leader. In fact, Jesus was talking with his disciples one day, and John chapter 14, verse 6 records his words as this, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. By the way, no one includes you. 
and no one includes me. No, you, you, can't get to, you can't know the Father. You can't get to the Father except through faith in Jesus Christ. And so the only way to know the Father is to know the Son because the Son's the only one who really, truly knows the Father. So the first step is putting our faith in Jesus. But you might ask the question, well, how do I do that? How do you put your faith in Jesus? It's simple. It's not easy, but it's simple. It's this. You choose. You choose. You, you decide to trust him. That's actually what faith is. You make the decision to trust him again and again and again and again. And you make the decision that you're going to believe what he said is true. And you ask God to reorient your life around him. And so what that means for you and I is it means we're going to have to unmake and we're going to have to unlearn some rules that we've created, right? Rules like, I'm never going to trust anyone else again. I'm only going to rely on myself. We have to unlearn and we have to unmake those rules that we've created because following Jesus is all about trusting someone else and it's actually about resisting the urge to rely on me. That's what faith in Christ is all about. And you're going to struggle with that. But that's okay because the Holy Spirit's going to be within you, right? He's God too, by the way. And so the Holy Spirit's going to take up residency within you, and he's going to be there to help you make those choices. In fact, the Holy Spirit's going to teach you how to trust God more and more. And he does that through things like reshaping your desires, renewing the way that you think. You know, I was thinking this week about some of the things I used to enjoy before I met Jesus, and I was thinking about those, and then it hit me, I don't even really know how I enjoyed those things before. In fact, like I, I wouldn't even engage in them today. And I couldn't even understand, why was I so drawn to that? That's the Holy Spirit transforming your life over time, changing your desires and the way that you think, right? That's part of faith. It's being transformed from the inside out. And so the first step is to put your faith in Jesus. That's how you begin to know God. But the next step is to know him more and more. And the best way to know God is through reading the Bible and talking about that with other growing disciples. That's what we do here on Sunday mornings. But, you know, Larry mentioned another next step that I think is really helpful to design just for this. We call them small groups. And so as Larry mentioned, small groups, this is like groups of, I don't know, 8 to 10, 6 to 12 people. They get together for about an hour a week. And we're going to do that for the next nine weeks. And when those small groups get together, you know what they do? Uh, well, they eat, because uh, I, I think it might be a requirement in the Bible. Um, but uh, Don't quote me on that. Um, but So uh, they'll do that, but then they'll read the Bible. And you know what they do after they read the Bible? They talk about what it means. And they ask questions, and they say, you know, what, is, what does this say about who God is? Right? And they just, they just work through it so that people can understand the Bible and they can know God more and more. You know, personally, I just can't think of a more impactful ministry right here at Lighthouse Community than our small groups. Uh, they, they are just powerful and they're amazing. And so you can actually sign up right now, use your connection card and do that online. Really, really easy. I wouldn't leave. If I were you, I wouldn't leave until I did that. Because the more you know God, the more you're going to trust God. And what will happen is you'll trust him through the tears and you'll trust him through the insults, and you'll trust him through the shame, and you'll trust him all the way through even death. And you'll come to see that actually it's through death where the ultimate victory comes. A seat at the eternal banquet 
with the choices of meats, and I gotta believe bacon's there, right? Like, come on, come on, right? The choicest of drinks, and joy eternal. And you actually enter in the true, the true reward, which is God himself. You know that? You know the true reward for salvation? It's God. It's not the streets of gold. It's not the walls of jasper. It's, not, it's none of that. You know what the true reward? It's God. That's the reward forever. By the way, that's how you face the struggles and the deadlines in your own life. It's with God. Uh, I think it was uh, last Sunday, a friend of mine from my small group got baptized right here uh, at Lighthouse Community. It was a very cool uh, celebration. And after that, uh, she threw a party at her boyfriend's house um, and invited all kinds of people to come and celebrate this step she took in her life. And so my family, we went and we showed up and we got there and there was like all of this food. And, and so it's like, that's a reason to celebrate in and of itself. Um, so we're rejoicing over the food. We're rejoicing over her baptism. It was fantastic. And then there was this moment where her mom's like, I really want to get a family picture, everybody. So like, you know, there's nothing like getting 40 people wrangled for a family picture, right? So we're all standing there, you know, some people picking you know, it's like all kinds of whatever. And, and all of a sudden, two guys come out, and they're holding this banner behind all of us. And, and the boyfriend says to his girlfriend, he goes, hey, what's that? And on the banner, it read, will you marry me? Yeah, right? It's like, oh, my goodness. I wasn't even dressed for an engagement party, right? And so... <laughs> You know, it's like rejoice. Like you show up and there's this food and we're rejoicing. There's a baptism, there's rejoicing. And then there's an engagement party that I didn't even know I was a part of. And there's all of this rejoicing. This is a small glimpse of what it looks like to trust Jesus. It's rejoicing on top of rejoicing, on top of rejoicing, on top of... You, right, that's what eternity is going to look like. It's like, when does the party stop? It doesn't. Right? You don't have to fear the challenges of life. You don't have to fight against the suffering that you're facing. You don't have to so overfill your life that you can distract from all of the challenges and anxieties that you're going through. Make the decision today to focus in on God. Choose today to say yes to Jesus. For some of you, it's going to be the very first time. But for others of you, it's going to be again and again and again, and that's what following Jesus looks like. I want to invite you to bow your heads and to close your eyes. And I want to ask, I want you to ask this question. I, I can't ask it for you. You need to ask it. But it's this. Jesus, what are you saying to me right now? And I want you to listen to him for a moment. can't fight against your deadline. You can only forget about it for so long. But you don't have to live in fear of it either. For some here this morning, 
The invitation is for you to know God through faith in Jesus Christ. And right now, your moment is to make that decision and to choose him and to say yes to him. Same thing if you're joining us online, wherever you're at. Like right now, right where you are, you can choose and decide to trust Jesus. And there's no prayer to pray. There's no like working through 10 points of doctrine or anything like that. It's literally this decision that says, I just, I just want you. I don't know everything that's tied up in that, but I just want you. I want to walk with you. I want to know you. I want to trust you. And you can do that literally right now. And I hope you do. We want to pray for you here at Lighthouse Community. And so what we're going to do is the band's going to come and they're going to lead us in one more song. And and during this last song, what we're going to have is we're going to have prayer leaders in each corner of the room. One up here by the cross, one on my left, one back by the sound booth, and another back by the, the double doors. And so they're going to be available to pray with you about any area of your life. And so while we're singing, what the invitation is, if you'd like to receive prayer about any area of your life, by the way, you're just going to slip out of your seat. You're going to go to one of those corners, and a prayer leader is going to be available to pray with you about any area of your life. And please don't ever feel embarrassed, like, oh, what will people think if, if I come forward for prayer? I will tell you what we will think. That person wants to pray. That's what we'll think, and that's about That's even if we notice you because we're probably worshiping the Lord. And so uh, I want to invite you, doesn't matter, this is your first time at Lighthouse, if you've been coming since we started five years ago, uh, if you'd like to receive prayer, I want to invite you to do that. Let me pray for you, and then I'm going to invite you to do the same. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would draw every single person who needs prayer right now, in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Lighthouse Community, check out our website at mylighthousecommunity.com or connect with us on Facebook. You're invited to join us live Sunday mornings at 909 or 1111. Thanks again for listening to the Lighthouse Community Podcast.